You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Royals Padres crossover episode. Talking all about the Royals and the Padres, baseball, 162 game season, everything that has to do with baseball from the Royals and Padres and national perspective. I'm Rylan Styles, joined by Javier Ray. As you can find me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles, follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Javi, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at Javapeno, J A V I I. P-E-N-O, a great Twitter handle, dare I say. Dare I say, Ryland. I, I think that it is one of the best on the network, if I do say so myself. Absolutely underrated for dang sure, and it's it's really good. It's my top two uh, Twitters on the network, and I'm not going to give you my order. Uh, but <laughs> thank you so much for making Lockdown Royals or Lockdown Padres your first listen. For your second listen, check out the Vice Versa show and check out um, – well, I would say check out the Chargers show, but uh, yeah, they kind of yeah. historically collapsed the NFL playoffs. And uh, also, I'm not sure how San Diegoans feel about the Chargers, so maybe they're happy that they collapsed. But yeah, they're happy for sure. For Kansas City, and check out Can't Locked confirm. On Chiefs. And uh, check out Locked On Chiefs and talk about the Chiefs moving on to the next round. So, well, Javi, we are... Currently sitting here talking on January the 18th, whenever you hear this episode. Mm-hmm. And we're in that no man's land. Yeah. Where it's not so close to the season that you're smelling peanuts and Cracker Jacks and freshly cut grass. But we're also not so far away that like there's a ton of like future offseason moves. Like the dust in the offseason is kind of settled in now. The offseason is kind of over. But we're not quite there. We're not quite in spring training yet. And so I wanted to discuss, before these teams head to Arizona, I wanted to discuss baseball's season from a fan, media, everything perspective. Because it's the longest in all of sports, and because it's the longest in all of sports, it's the shortest offseason. I mean, the World Series now ends in November. And then you have December, January off, but it's filled with December, filled with winter meetings, and filled with arbitration, and filled with trades, and filled with free agency, and January is kind of filled with a bit of nothingness, uh, and you get a little break there. But then February rolls around, and pitchers and catchers report, fan fest happens, and you're right back in the swing of things going full force into the year. So what is the best way, in your opinion, to handle baseball consumption? And what I mean by this specifically is, like in football, if you watch your favorite football team play, pro or college, you know you can make an analysis, you can make an, a, an opinion, a take, you can make takeaways from the game you're watching. You know it's true that you can take something away from every single game and you, and you can and you can overreact to every single game. In basketball, even though it's an 82-game season, there are moments where one of your favorite players is going to look like a star one night and you're going to say, wow, he can really score 30 points. Can he do that more consistently? But in baseball, it's more taxing on the fans, I think, because no matter which side of the aisle that you fall on, if you fall on the whole side of uh, of you don't want to overreact or you do want to overreact, you're going to get pushback. So, like, yeah. mm-hmm. if you if you are sitting here in April, right, and let's say Bobby Witt Jr. 
hits four home runs in, an, in a game. Unbelievable. And I come on this podcast and I start screaming and yelling about the four home run in the game. Well, the very next day, he might go over four, and then people are saying, see, you shouldn't have overreacted that one game. Or you call something a big win in April, and people are saying, well, that's stupid to call something a big win in April. There's no such thing. But then you look back in October, and you finished a single game in or out of the playoffs. Those games count the same April through September. But you still want to walk the line of not being too reactionary while being reactionary enough. So, like, how do you find the balance when it's such a taxing season? Oh, man. I mean, well, first of all, I just want to say I really greatly enjoy our general baseball talks at our weekly sort of crossover. It's always a blast. We are at that phase of the offseason where people are like, oh, Adam Duvall. Where's he going? You know what I mean? No offense to Adam Duvall, fine player. I actually think the Padres uh, could use him, maybe even the Royals, whatever. But we're at that phase, right? And we're at that phase where, you know, Shohei Otani, you know, where, where's he going? You know what I mean? We're getting all those little, there's so many stories in baseball uh, that maybe we'll do for next week's uh, general crossover. The the weird, like, oh my God, we ran out of things to talk about stories. We'll do that next week, folks. But for now, for me, I think when it comes in, I think there's two things part of your question. One is just how to survive between like, like what period we're in and then how to actually survive the season. I think for the period we're in, for me, I've always just liked talking general like baseball vibes. And what I mean by that is just talking about a movie, you know, talking about your favorite ballpark experiences, talking to people about the sport, but not like what's going on about on about the sport right now, at least for me. Uh, that tends to get me excited. I don't know why it makes me happy because if you keep talking about what your team has to do and top 10 this, top 10 free agents for the MLB season, what are they going to do with Juan Soto? Why do they? If you focus too much on that, I find that you're just going to kind of like overheat, you know, like the moving Pokemon where you're just your attack. You're going to lose some of that fire if you keep using overheat too much. It's got a lot of damage. Let me tell you that overheat move. Shout out my guy Charizard, man. He's or a. Uh, magmar was that the other one i forgot shout out to my og pokemon fans um you're gonna overheat yourself so i recommend to folks take a breather i personally it's always pretty easy because i'm doing a crap ton of other things I have a bunch of other um you know interests you know, i'm tweeting out little comic books and stuff but i find that that's a way to survive for those who might not have as many interests as i do but when it comes to kind of the full season, it's something that's taken me a long time, Rylan, a long time to master. And especially, I think, with both of our teams in two completely different ways. You know what I mean? The, the How to survive a Royal season versus how to survive a very long Padre season are two completely <laughs> different questions. I think that it's hard to survive as a Royals fan, but the Padres do have uh, teams like the Padres, contenders, you know, World Series contenders, have their own reasons. For why it's really tough but rylan before we get into those reasons before you let me continue my patented javier reyes monologue rumor has it you got to talk to people about something something that's very special very important to the lockdown faithful we've been talking about it for a long time tell them about it rylan sources have confirmed i have to tell you about my good friends over at betonline.net BetOnline.net is your source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis with incredible breakdowns about odds and trends and professional and amateur leagues out there from pro football to college bowl season. 
basketball, World Cup, World Baseball Classic, even everything that, that you want is all over there at betonline.net. Uh, if you love sports podcasts, they also have those as well. Uh, also, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your betting info. Head over to the website right now and use your mobile device. Bet online is where the game starts. And Javi, one of my favorite things to do is go to bet online and go over to their sports book and look at the more funny, I call them funny, but it's not like the right word for it, uh, props. For example, there's one in the NBA world that I've been circling for a long time now, and that is that the uh, the bet online folks have a odds set on how LeBron James will break the all-time scoring record. Will it be a two-point shot, a three-point shot, or a free throw? <laughs> Javi, if you had to bet right now, what would you bet? Free throw. He knows that he's about to pass it, puts up a dumb shot, but then sells sells the foul. I respect that. Direction. I respect that. Thank you. So, Thank Javi, you, you can go bet on that over there at betonline.net. Getting a lot of calls there. This is a <laughs> famous a man, ladies and gentlemen. It's Hi, a mess. Listeners. It's a mess. This is a famous guy. I mean, this dude is like tight with like Sam Presti oh, and Shy Gildas Alexander, like all-star players. I, I, I mean, he. This is a this is a dude. Let me tell you guys. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, Javi, we're back. Oh my gosh, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. And I just want to tell you about yourself getting to finish the explanation <laughs> yeah of course thank you very much uh, you're clearly not uh distracted by the many phone calls you're getting right now but have no fear sir styles i will take over for a second so for me surviving the baseball season with your team which you could probably touch on more so i'll be quick about that for yours it's just like it's it's a gauntlet you just can't have super high expectations and don't be like dolphins fans and what I mean by that is don't just inexplicably get absolutely livid that your team isn't good when it was so expected, right? The Dolphins this past weekend, they lost to the Bills in a close game. And for some reason, they were upset despite the fact they were on their third string quarterback and facing the two seed in the AFC. AFC. So it's like, have some reasonable expectations, what I think for Royals, and you could probably um, attest this more and read up on prospects. Definitely read up on prospects, read up on just the tiny little incremental developments that guys are making and just rally around like the fun sort of blogs out there. There are really smart and creative people out there who can turn things like um, uh, the Jesse Winker incident this past year where he got delivered a pizza, like enjoy the fun, silly things in baseball when your team isn't necessarily competitive. I, it's, it's, it's tough, but I think Padres fans could probably allude to this more where they're getting excited about the most random of things, right? The Will Myers meme was like the most exciting thing. The one where he looked really high on TV. That was probably the most exciting, fun thing to happen for Padres fans at that time. And like, since like 20, 1998, you know what I mean? Like a long time ago. Um, or when Trevor Hoffman did the saves record, whatever you get my point. Oh, I for totally the Padres, agree. For the Padres. I'd say that a team like the Padres has such sky high expectations um, they didn't have as many high expectations last year because of Tatis, the Goober, because of some of the injuries they had because of the collapse in 2021. But now, after what happened in 2022, there's going to be sky-high expectations. This year, you're expecting Juan Soto bounce back. Fangraphs has them as their projected four-player, which I think is makes sense, totally makes sense. I know people are bringing up the defense, but, you know, plus five outs above average in 2021, minus 12 
in 2022, I believe. They're probably expecting a, a regression to the mean, right? Sorry, I got a little bit too stat nerdy for you, Rylan. I know how much you hate that. That's, oh, um, you know, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. I think that you just have to remember how long of a season it is. You have to remember that year after year, there are teams that get hot late at the right time, or there are teams that start off slow. That's not always the the, the recipe for what wins a World Series, but you saw it with the Phillies this year. The Phillies were just hanging in there, weird team. But just remember, as long as you kind of make it, as long as you're kind of a contender in baseball, you can certainly go all the way. The Phillies did this year. They didn't beat the Astros, but the Astros are basically what the Dodgers fans think the Dodgers are, right? Like they've just dominated the sport. They won That won't get you any series. pushback. Yeah. <laughs> On my pod, it won't, certainly. They'll, they'll praise me for it. Um, but you have stuff like that. And then you have your teams like Boston Red Sox a couple of years ago. They just get hot at the right time. Um, and there are slow starters. Washington Nationals, I think 2019, they are like 14 games or whatever it was above 500 and they win the World Series. So you have to keep that in mind. And I think that when it comes to judging an overall team versus overall players, I think that there are takeaways you can make after a few weeks about pitchers and being like, huh, yeah, that guy's velocity has dipped down. I think it's fair that we check this out and we actually react to this or you could be a jerk like the Yankee fans who boo Giancarlo Stanton in his first home game ever for the Yankees because he struck out four times that's dumb the former is not dumb it is very fair you can look up numbers you don't freak out but you look at this and say okay this is interesting is he showing tendencies is this player showing different developments not just 0 for 4 because as we know you know maybe they hit the ball really hard Usually hitting the ball really hard will eventually result in some hits, higher batting average, higher on base, whatever. So that's what I recommend to folks. And just understand that it's it's so long. There's so many players. There's so many different random people that are going to show up. As much as people love to bring up numbers, there's going to be some dude who had a 0.8 war last year who's going to be an all-star this year or whatever, right? Like that's just how the game works. And there's too many unexpected things. Um, I, one of my pet peeves lately has been people saying all that money just to finish blank all that money just to spin it finish third all that money just you guys said that about the phillies they say that about all these teams and they still get really far the point is that you're trying and you should enjoy the ride enjoy the all-star experience and try not to freak out it's hard it's very hard but i promise you it's often more i don't know what the word is just often more peaceful if you're not freaking out over just a couple things, because you could lose too many, there's too many, you're supposed to lose a lot of games in baseball. That's how it works. So I think that's kind of my very roundabout way of kind of explaining it. I wonder what you think uh, for some tips to survive the long gauntlet that is the baseball season. Yeah. I think that it's the delicate balance. Like it is a very, very, very delicate balance that, like I said, you don't want to ride too high in April, but I also don't, I also hate the crowd. That's like, Labor baseball doesn't matter because again, they count the same in the standings. Like, mm -hmm. if you finish a game and a half out or five games out, and you want a ten game losing streak in April, if you don't do that, like if you try your hardest to snap that streak earlier in April and you sell out and overuse your bullpen, whatever the case is, yeah, it's it's just April games, but comes come you know October, those add up, and so it's a delicate balance for sure. For me, I would say the best way to handle the gauntlet of this season is 
letting yourself get lost in your own team mm. because especially for the Royals, they've only been good twice in my lifetime. They've only been in you know, maybe, maybe four playoff chases total and only made it twice in my lifetime to the playoffs. So if a team has a 10 game winning streak in June, even though they're 15 games out of the playoffs, still even after that winning streak, like don't just say, well, what does it matter? The season's over. Enjoy it. Like have fun as you're saying, like just have fun with the season because the alternative is watching it miserably because we're still going to watch the team. We're still going to watch the sport. So getting lost in your own team and the storylines and then, and then embracing those moments that you're going to know about and no one else will. And, and, and kind of wearing that as a badge of honor, like, like Brett Eibner hitting that walk off against the, the White Sox in a historic comeback, the largest comeback in Royals history in the regular season. Like I was at that game. No one in the world knows that besides those that were at the game and those that watched on television. And so besides White Sox and Royals fans, it's kind of lost in history of baseball because it's such a long history in baseball, but it was still a very fun moment. So like every season that you go to and you watch on TV or you go to the ballpark, you're going to see something historic and something awesome uh, and something worth remembering. So just kind of be along for the ride. And my biggest thing with like building baseball teams is like try because the Royals went to two world series where like on paper, they're frauds. They should, they shouldn't have gone to the 2014 world series. They shouldn't have gone to the 2015 series and they, they won two American league pennants in, in a world series. So uh, all by just getting into the dance. So just get into the dance and the rest will fall where it may. And baseball is such a fluky random sport. I think that the only other more random sport is hockey uh, than baseball. So get in, have fun, dance it out, survive coming up. Javi, let's look back. What were the best moments in baseball from just the season ago that we've already forgotten about? You have us covered there coming up on today's Locked On Royals Padres crossover. We're back on the Locked On Royals Padres crossover. Javi, what have we forgot about from this past season? You alluded to spending and trying. I want to talk about it a little bit. For those who don't know, I recently, I write for the website, Just Baseball. I recently wrote about the best moments in baseball last year. One of the first ones I talked about, and by the way, best as in most memorable. Sometimes it was bad stuff. You know, there's some bad things I left off there for sake of, you know, trying to have fun. But for me, one that I think people will forget is the MLB lockout ending. I think that there's a couple reasons to talk about this. Number one, I genuinely found it hilarious for people who, let me be very clear, because I, I do care about this, not people whose lives and livelihood are directly associated with baseball, not workers, not employees, not those people, but people who are just fans, they're doing fine or whatever, right? If you're just a fan and you were crying because we missed like three weeks of spring training games, just, I can't do it. Like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? That's That's number one. And number two, one, it was just cool that it ended. I remember my most viral tweet was MLB and MLBPA agree to a kiss. Um, that was fun. And number three is I find it, I found it so a little bit disheartening how many people, how many media people, how many Twitter people, how many just people I knew were doing the whole, just, just figure it out. It's both sides are to blame. You know, players, figure it out. Owners, figure this very both sidesing of things, this very e e making an equation that the people who are billionaires in most cases are somehow the ones that they somehow aren't more to do with this. 
that it's actually the millionaire player who that's what the phrase you heard right millionaires versus billionaires first of all there's a huge difference between the two <laughs> but the two of us have probably met a millionaire in our life you know what i mean like maybe like a one million salary type person right something right. like that We've probably come across someone like that. You don't come across billionaires. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't come across. And also, the majority of baseball players are not millionaires. No, exactly. That's another key part. So I found it very disheartening how many, how much people don't realize that, like, if Hal Steinbrenner, first one that came to mind, just maybe doesn't get an extra 12 Lamborghinis this year, that we would just have a baseball season and maybe they would spend more money. Or the Oakland A's owner, or the St. Louis Cardinals owner, Milwaukee Brewers, whatever, go on and on and on. Boston Red Sox, Lord knows their fans have had enough of them, right? That somehow it's the player, right? That somehow you've been confused into things. I could go super political on this. We could get a deflation or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But bottom line, I found it very disheartening how many people were ready to also blame the players. And then here's the thing why it's very memorable for me. As soon as the lockout ended, if you were a person, complaining about millionaires versus billionaires players need to do the right thing whatever and you were an A's fan and you were a Brewers fan a Guardians fan and if I saw you complaining that your team wasn't spending money I don't want to effing hear it because that's exactly what they were striking over at least partially right so I found it hilarious that teams of those fan bases they get their baseball bag oh no we lost spring training games and then you're complaining that your team is spending money. Well, maybe that's what the point of this was. Maybe. Just maybe. I don't know what you think, Riley. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, Javi. Do you have any other moments you want to discuss before Just we get out of here? Past that one. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I've got I've got plenty. Um, Mark Apple, his debut. I just I love a good this guy, unfortunately, and that doesn't always go the right way. That brilliant scene in Moneyball when they're showing Billy Beans career just not working out right mark apple's kind of like that but he still made it to the league eight years or whatever later and that was really cool obviously the padres beating the dodgers i mean that five run inning it was just the stuff of legend it was fantastic i was just, just seeing hasan kim do the little you know uh like the rocky or like the rocky like thing or what is it not the rocky the the breakfast club uh, whatever yeah, that dude's name Marcus was Club. at the end, who does the yeah, who does the fist bump to the sky? That's what Hassan Kim looked like. I really enjoyed that. Obviously, um, you know there was a lot of them though. Give uh, us your absolute favorite moment of the season to get out of here. Uh, my absolute favorite was the Dodgers uh, losing to the Padres. Um, there's a bunch of reasons for that. It is because they talk so much smack, and oftentimes deservedly so. It is still the Padres. They're not a very you know, well-functioning organization over the past decades, not necessarily now, they're great now, but, you know, I really enjoyed just how much, like, this is what they're known for. You know what I mean? Much like my team from San Diego or formerly from San Diego, they're just known for blowing in in the playoffs or blowing or finding a way to lose. And then what do they do? They don't fire Dave Roberts. They're just going to run it back, I guess. And I think it's really cute. I hope that that, um, that works out for them. And I also really enjoyed just a couple other shout outs because I will be talking about this on a future episode with another buddy, uh, kind of breaking down their favorite moments as well as mine. Um, the Stephen vote, his daughter, his daughter's uh, call, um, his kids calling his name and adding his name and then him hitting a home run in that last game. I'm sorry. I'm a little softy. It's a tearjerker. I, I'm more and more soft. 
as I've gotten older. But I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed Francisco Lindor's daughter doing the buck thing. I thought that was really cute. Buck! <laughs> Whatever she said, I thought that was great. Tim Anderson's revenge against the Yankees was great after inexplicably people decided that I, I just don't understand how you aren't respecting how a black person wants to refer to themselves. Like I, I just don't understand how we got here, but here we are. Uh, and shout out to Tim Anderson. That was really great. Um, I don't know. And then finally this, this tweet, this tweet, actually, no, I'm not going to say that one. Instead, I'm just going to talk really quickly about the Mariners ending their playoff drought. That was really cool. The Cal Raleigh Homer, I saw it live. Um, and that was really fun. So shout out to the Mariners. What about you, Alan? Yeah, the Mariners ending their playoff drought was my number one of like, this is pretty awesome moment of the year. But to do a more cynical one, I just found it hilarious that the same people who were complaining for the last 5,000 years about baseball's not getting up with the times anymore and they really need to stop living in the Stone Ages and, and they really need to start advancing themselves were the same people who were like, oh my gosh, is Aaron Judge going to hit his 60th home run on Apple TV? It's like, well, which is it then? Like, do you want them to advance and go into the streaming age and like, and like progress themselves into the new era of of society? Or do you want them to be in the stone age? Because you can't have both. Like you, you can't be screaming at them. Hey, you've got to get on streaming services. Hey, you've got to, you know, reduce blackouts. Hey, you've got to start being convenient to modern fans. And then be like, well, not that way. Don't do it that way. It's also funny that like, you can't be like, you can be like Michael K sucks. And then, and then yes. all of a sudden you're like, how yes. can Michael K not be the one to call Judge's yes. 60th home run? That's what I've been saying too. It was incredible. People, I mean, the K-Rod cast, it was literally a joke on Twitter for the longest time. And all of a sudden everyone's like, no, Michael K should call it. What are you talking about? I thought all of you hated Michael K. Like what's going on here? It's like, Which is, it's hilarious. Them. And then to make it even worse during that, that thing, baseball fans that were like, why are they breaking into my football Saturday to watch Aaron Judge try for 60? But they're also going to say this offseason, why doesn't baseball get enough coverage? Again, you can't have it both ways. Either you want baseball to have coverage regardless of what's happening, or you don't. Mm-hmm. So while well, you take a drink, Javi, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. Do you have anything else to, to say our parting words for the week? Uh, no, just, hey, wishing the Royals the best of luck. I don't think they've signed literally anyone this offseason. Whoa, go check out Lockdown Royals. They've signed <laughs> they've signed Ryan Yarbrough. They've signed Jordan Lyles. I'm taking the floor away from Javi. You're ejected from the from the screen now, as a matter of fact. And until next time, be good and be good to one another. Come on, come on.